Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where we have our bye week episode, but it's going to be a little bit different than, I guess, the bye week episodes we've done in the past, or maybe that you've heard so far this year's bye week. But we wanted to talk about a roadmap for the Ravens to try to stack new concepts and make improvements to become the best version of their 2021 selves. I think all of us here are interested in seeing the Ravens go far this year and believe that they can still do it with the talent left on the team. And it's just a matter of optimizing what we have and finding what works and just making everything better. And to join us for this discussion, we have Jason again from Huddle It Up Films. Hello, Alec. Hello, Peter. Hey, Chris. How you guys doing? Doing great, man. It's uh, great to have you back on the show. Enjoy your content on, on your show and always great to have your thoughts on here as well. So I think we should talk first and foremost about the fact that we are going to be getting healthier. It, you know, obviously there'll be more injuries. Hopefully they won't be dramatic and horrible, but uh, it seems like Boyle's on track to come back for this game coming up. Wolf's on track to be back. Those are two really big pieces on both sides of the ball that I think will bring an element that we haven't had all year. And I think it's important to keep that in mind and use that almost as a lens of how we can make these improvements because I think with Boyle, that opens up a part of the playbook they haven't really been able to use. And with Wolf, similarly, he's like a a stunt uh, expert. He'll be able to really help out the pass rush with some of the other weapons we have and also, I think, really help on defensive uh, running downs. We've seen how effective he was in Titans game, and I think those two players are pretty key additions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if you're talking about a roadmap for the Ravens to be successful this year, getting healthy and staying healthy has to be at the top of the list. I mean, uh, they've been worse than most, at least the first half of the the season here with injuries. And, uh, you know, especially after a weekend like this where you had guys like Jameis Winston go down, you had Derrick Henry go down, um, lots of really key pieces to all these other playoff-bound teams around the NFL are are starting to to hit their injury bugs. Ravens need to be able to get back healthy and, and stay healthy, I think is the, the key aspect of this. So, um, yeah, all these guys, I think, can be contributors. We've, we've seen these guys contribute in the past, like Boyle and Wolf, and you even have some of the other guys like Ben Cleveland also should be back hopefully in a few weeks. Guys like Chris Westry as well uh, would be a nice depth piece. So, yeah, I think it all starts with that. Yeah, it's interesting, the timing. Like you're saying, a lot of teams right now are having a lot of troubles with injuries, I mean, you never want injuries to happen at any time, but if they're going to happen, the Ravens are a little bit ahead of the curve with some of these teams because they've had to figure out the depth on this team and get guys in positions that are bigger roles than they were going to have to play earlier than these other teams. So I guess that's one silver lining you can take from it, whether or not that actually does help or not, we'll have to see. But I agree. I think that with the injuries we have on the offensive line, Boyle coming back is going to be critical to have both Pat Ricard and Nick Boyle in the backfield is going to be such a boost to these running backs who unfortunately need all the help they can get uh, with where all of them are in their stage in their career. So we'll have to see how much healthy Bill Oil is, uh, how well he was able to come back from that injury. Knee injuries are notorious for guys just being, you know, really difficult to come back from. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to get Boyle back on the field for the Ravens, and there's a big chance that this could really help the run game in a positive direction. Yeah, great point about Boyle. I mean, his injury was uh, was was pretty nasty. There's you know not not being a doctor, but just seeing all the damage that was done and reading about that and talking to some people, 
Um, it, that's a hard injury to come back from. And, you, you know, quite frankly, we don't know what Nick Boyle is going to be from here on out. I mean, um, you know, how it affects him and his style and his ability to drive people. So my expectations for Boyle are actually a little bit lower. I like what Peter said about, uh, about getting, having to adjust to health right away, because I think that that is key. It takes you time and the Ravens have had that time to adjust. And I remember at the beginning of the season, and people were asking me about, um, you know, well, with J.K. and Gus and Marcus going down specifically, how is this going to affect us? Do we even have a chance now? Do we have a chance to win the Super Bowl? And, you know, it sounded kind of cold and calculated, my answer, but, um, you know, your health is relative to those around you. So, you know, if you look at it in a very cold and calculated way, other teams are going to lose people as well. And like Peter said, they're going to lose them at the wrong time and it's going to take them time to adjust. But um, so from that standpoint, I think the Ravens are in okay shape. I mean, we, you know, we can't cry over spilled milk with, with, with Gus and, and JK and Marcus, but um, you know, the guy I'm actually looking forward to coming back the most would be Derek Wolf for a couple of reasons. I think that he helps Matabike out in Matabike's role. And I think he helps Calais out in Calais's role because he's the only other person that coaches trust to play that five tech. Uh, Derek's a piece you can move all around the defensive line. So I think he makes Calais and Justin Matabike better and can fill both of their roles. Yeah, I think it'll be key to get Calais uh, some more rest going into the second half of the year. He's been really trying to carry this defense, playing really high level of snaps. And I think we obviously want to protect him as much as we can going forward. It is kind of scary, though, to think that he could get much better than the way he's been playing because I think he's really been one of the highlights of the whole defense. Speaking of the defense, I think going back to something we talked about last week, but I think there's a really important, uh, and I think this is on the roadmap for week one, you know, so to speak, after the bye right away, is just less hero ball and just being in the right position. Because I think a lot of our tackling problems come back to being out of position and not giving yourself a fair shot against these freak athletes to make a stop. Because it's, it's hard to tackle people in the NFL, right? Like that's, that's how they made it to the NFL. And they're not helping themselves by getting out of position and trying to do too much. So when everyone's talking about better tackling, I want to talk about better fundamentals just so that they are able to make a solid blow on the guy. And I think that comes down to a level of trust. So I would honestly say it does seem like some of these positions, there's maybe a little less trust going on than you would want. I think people are trying to compensate um, for players when they may think they're out of position or, uh, you know, somebody wants to, to make the play because they think they can do it, but then they are out of position when the cutback happens. I see that a lot in the running game. And uh, I think that's uh, really the, the key here is just like trying to almost do less and there'll be more. Yeah, I think it's a big one. I remember listening to, um, I think it was Patrick Queen's interview that he did right before the bye. And that was one of the things that he said that he was critical of himself of basically uh, not trying to account for a bunch of other players and kind of like, that's why he wasn't so good at the mic. He was trying to think about everybody else and like, okay, like I need to cover for this. And he was just missing plays. And I think it's it's good, I think, to kind of hear him be a little bit critical of himself because you know, um, I think he's probably going to be his worst critic, um, <laughs> even despite, you know, everyone else, including myself, kind of picking on him a little bit, I think, for, for his role. But, I mean, you did see at least the last two weeks with the position switch with Bynes 
sort of being inserted into the lineup. And I think the the fundamentals are starting to come back. He was in the right spots, making a little bit better tackles, getting off blocks, things like that. Um, so it's not just him. I mean, it's everybody on the defense. And secondary in particular, I think, is another one that's just those guys got to figure it out to kind of settle down and, and play well together, gel together. Because we know these guys individually are great. You know, they make great plays, high IQ players. They just need to put it all together. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I think we're bringing up, you know, good points with Queen being put uh, back in his more natural position and how Derek Wolf coming back is going to help Justin Matabuke hopefully get back on track. Sometimes, you know, these guys are, aren't performing up to their expectations because they're, they're out of position. And, you know, hopefully that's something that the Ravens can shore up and have plans for going forward. But it, yeah, it is interesting though, to see some of these guys and some of the performances we've had on defense and just kind of wonder how much of it is the players and how much of it is the scheme. There's only so much we can see. Um, and I think if we saw, um, if you guys saw in the last week, uh, Yannick Ngakwe was uh, the AFC defensive player of the week, I believe. It was two weeks ago. Um, he's actually having a good year with the Raiders and seeing Matt Judon doing, putting up big sack numbers with the Patriots. And it always comes back to question, like we were expecting those guys to have bigger years last year, uh, like we're expecting from some of these younger defensive linemen and, and linebackers. And we're just not seeing them get quite up to expectation level yet. And it does bring up some questions of scheme, I think. But um, like we said, it, it's I don't think it's entirely fair to, to question that yet when there's been so many injuries and so much shuffling. But yeah, I think that coming out of the bye, we're going to see some new packages, some guys in some new uh, spots. And I think they're going to have some things shorn up. Yeah, for me, it comes down to a few things. Uh, I would say simplification is one one of those things. You have to have trust on defense. You have to trust that somebody's going to be in their own place and where they're supposed to be and not try to do too much. Hero ball is is one of the things I brought up with Patrick Queen. I think that he is much more comfortable at will. And you can literally see Josh Bynes tell him after the ball is snapped, just stay there. You know, he'll put his arm out, tell him to stay there. You know, basically I got this. So it's the trust is a, is a work in progress. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, just to simplify what we're doing, uh, I think we're moving people around a little too much. And then this, the third thing is effort. Um, I put out a video on Anthony Averett just to cut up his uh, very good performance he had against the Bengals. Uh, you know, he only got credited for three passes defense, but I mean, it really was much more than that. It was sticky coverage all over the place. And they eventually, of course, went from Averett to targeting Marlon. But by simplifying things, I think that, you know, Marlon's the guy that I want to focus on and just leave him out on the right boundary where he's supposed to be, where he excels. Uh, if you need to give Averett help, go ahead and give him a little help over the top. Uh, Westry, as Chris mentioned, will be a key piece if you want to match him up against some bigger receivers. But just to be able to let Marlon be Marlon, I mean, Tavon's played well in the slot. Yeah, Brandon Stevens, they can cover tight ends. So I think that, you know, we're seeing uncharacteristic missed tackles from even people like Chuck Clark, who's about the surest thing we have on this team and just a great, great player. I don't think people realize how much he brings to the table. And it's just a matter of when things start falling apart, it's just human nature to try to make up for that. So let's simplify things. Let's be in our spot. If we give up a 10 yard gain. So be it. Let's move on short memory on to the next play. So if we're talking about defensive fundamentals, I think the other thing on the roadmap that we really need to talk about is offensive line. And two things in particular uh, that I want to get to, but 
one is just getting back to run blocking and getting back to you know getting the guys where they need to be making the holes really just trying to to give a little bit more to help the running backs that we have be a little bit more successful we saw in the last couple of weeks i think the ravens really struggled outside of lamar to to make these holes for running backs and to getting them uh, where they need to be it seems like a, a distant memory at this point where we had the uh, Broncos game where we were all concerned about are the Ravens going to tie the you know this rushing record that everybody so cares about well all the games after that I don't I don't think the Ravens have, have gotten back there in terms of having 100 yards and a lot of that has to do with just running backs haven't been as successful except for the Chargers game everything went so well in the Chargers game we we like to forget <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> but I mean we didn't have that much from the running backs all things considered right it was I mean there was a good I mean they used all three of them pretty much in that game to keep their overall numbers down but I hear you man like I think I was telling uh, Jason the other day we were talking like to me these running plays are almost penalties at this point and like we can't have that there's like zero they're like loss of down plays you're getting zero yards sometimes you're even getting negative yards and the the amount of times that you're actually getting first down yardage or setting up a successful like second and and short or converting short distance like it's not happening at the rate it once did and it's putting ourselves in disadvantaged positions and I think there's a lot of ways they can fix this. I would say the first and foremost thing I would like to see out of the buy is maybe one of the easier swaps is a little bit of Nate McCrary action. We're recording right now, Monday night. So there's another, uh, you know, a couple hours till the trade deadline's over. I, at this point, it doesn't look like the Ravens are going to do anything, but you know, I'll say that. And Eric, the cost is on the phone right now. Be like, I'd like to make a trade. (laughs) 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 So, uh, we'll see, uh, We'll see what ends up happening, but I think we're going to probably have what we have, and uh, that's both on the offensive line and the running back situation. So it's about unlocking these guys. I also want to just see them take uh, any handcuffs off of Tyson Williams. I know that's also partially on him, but I think it's, a again, a trust thing. I feel like he doesn't think that the organization trusts him. I think other teammates don't necessarily trust him as much, so hopefully... Over the last two weeks, he's been able to really dig into the the playbook. And I mean, it almost might be a, a go-no-go decision with him where either he starts producing soon or I don't know how he's going to get the proper playing time to prove that he can help this team. I feel like they're holding out uh, for Tyson to turn things around because he's clearly not a fit, but I think he can be a fit. Um, I think that Tyson needs to work out some own things, some some things on his own. Um, I, but I, I believe that he's still on this team because of this potential. And as far as the overall run game is concerned, um, I mean, they pointed out on, on the broadcast that we have a lot of runners. And you talk about Freeman and Bell specifically, who are made for an outside zone, an outside stretch zone, which basically means for anybody that doesn't know, you know, the ball is snapped and, and your linemen basically all head right. They don't head forward. And uh, that's not the strength of this offensive line. This offensive line is a downhill running game. So if you, you, you're kind of uh, square peg round holding it in, in some aspects of this game. So I do think trading for a back like Marlon Mack would help. Uh, I think he's more of a scheme fit. But the problem the Ravens have is we're going to need these draft picks. And it's a really, really deep draft next year. So you don't want to just haphazardly give away what could be a starter for you for four years. And then, you know, well, if you don't want to give picks away, then what else do you have to do? You have to eat salary. So we can't eat salary either. So um, 
As far as a difference maker, you know, I think this trade deadline is going to be present a lot more challenging to do that. And they might just have to roll with what's in-house. And, and that might be Tyson. And of course, Alex stealing my material over there with Nate McCrary. You know, that's my guy. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll send you up, dude. <laughs> yes, yeah, setting me up. Perfect, man. I'm going to knock it out of the park because whether it's Tyson or Nate, uh, having someone or even DuVernay, as Ken McCusick brought up in my show, so having somebody that can threaten the edge with speed is, is, is what's missing because we don't have uh, dominant run blockers, uh, especially at the tackle position, to be able to climb to the second level, knock linebackers off. We just don't, we just don't have that. Hopefully Ben Cleveland can be that. Bozeman's a big center. Seitler is solid, but um, it's just a tough situation. It, it might be something that we have to do in-house to have that speed option to threaten the edges you know, you guys remember in the last game where Duvernay took a sweep and it actually turned into a loss because they yep. were so they were right. They were so keyed in on Duvernay burning teams for these 10, 15 yards at a time. Well, if Duvernay's getting that kind of attention, I would love to see him just lined up next to Lamar, put the ball in his belly and have him threaten the edge, whether you give it to him or not, because I think he's the one player on this team who commands that kind of respect. If McCrary. Uh, you know, who knows what McCrary, maybe he can't pass protect. Maybe he doesn't know the playbook, maybe this, that, the other. So who knows, but I'm a McCrary fan, but if Tyson can't get his stuff together and McCrary's not ready, why not give Duvernay a shot? That's, uh, that's, that's my outside the box idea. I don't even think it's uh, a either or man. I think Duvernay needs to get involved. We were calling for more snaps from him last year. He's actually been really productive this year, I think. And you can't dismiss what he's been doing on punt returning. I think, uh, Getting him more involved in the playbook in general, scheming him in, uh, is going to be important. Um, I mean, this is like this is the perfect kind of thing. I think this could be the next revolution, so to speak, uh, for the Ravens to kind of put on. Is if they can really find a way to use this wide receiver as a like fix for this running game, it would be like the talk of the the whole season, you know? Like, and because you don't really see teams doing that. I know that you have Cordell Patterson who's been having a good year. And he was kind of this hybrid wide receiver running back. But he always felt more like a running back to me. Maybe I'm like wrong. Like, I mean, there's no there's no doubt what Duvernay is. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's he is clearly a wide receiver back there. And um I think also what he presents is just like excellent route running, right? Uh, I think the only real question is would he be able to do anything in the blocking game of of substance? Or are you losing something by giving away that, you know, he can't do that? On that, Alec, uh, I would just suggest that the RPO, not the read option, but the RPO could come into play there. Uh, And we've seen where Lamar freezes those linebackers. So you put the ball in Duvernay's belly and you can either give it to Duvernay or Lamar can keep it himself or Lamar can throw a short slant. I'm sure we'll get into the wide receivers at some point tonight but you have plenty of talent at the receiver position if they're all healthy. So um, it doesn't have to be, a, I guess, a true running play. You know what I mean? It, you, we, Lamar will have the option. If any type of attention is given to Duvernay, Lamar will have the option to either keep it himself or throw it right past him. So that's kind of where I'm going. Like if Duvernay can't pass protect, you hit him with those quick pass, uh, them quick passes, and it doesn't matter as much. Or at all, really, because nobody gets close to Lamar on the RPOs. It comes out within a second and a half. I think that goes right into like the next, I guess, addition to the uh, the playbook. And I think that's the short passing game. Um, we have some really excellent route runners. I mean, we're seeing the way that um, 
Bateman is just excellent out of the stem. But also, you know, your guy again, Jason Prochet, we've seen some really crispy routes that he's been able to run. His snap count's gone down. And I think if we were able to introduce a short passing game that's almost a substitute for the run game, it gives your offensive line some help. And it also just gives your offensive rhythm, which I think they've really lacked this year. When they're really moving the chains, that's awesome. And like obviously, it's been really productive for them. But I feel like they've had a lot of rhythm breakers by these run plays not working it the way they thought. And it's really killing drives. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, it feels like it, a combination of that and just some, some bad holding penalties is really what threw off the offense at the beginning of the second half against Cincinnati. And like we said, the, the Ravens, that's their identity. That's what they know how to do year in and year out. We've seen uh, them struggle in the years when they didn't have a consistent rushing attack, like, you know, 2013 and 2015 come to mind off the top of my head. And I think, you know, just them finding more continuity and consistency on offense, that's going to help the the defense, the poor tackling, like we're talking about, the hero ball, you know, some of that stuff some of is a product of the offense uh, not being able to consistently have long sustaining drives keep these guys off the field as much as they have been able to in years past um, so yeah I think you bring up great points and it, it, it all helps the the bigger picture of this team it's you know you help the run game and get the offense into a more consistent run that's also going to pay dividends for the defense and help them to to mask some of the of the weaknesses there by just giving them more rest and hopefully shorter fields. Yeah. The, uh, the quick passing game is I think a must for this team. And the, the, the other reason, in addition to the, the great uh, reasoning you guys had is to help the offensive tackles. Um, and I do think, you know, crochet was my guy is my guy will always be my guy, but um, <laughs> having Sammy, having Sammy and Bateman together is, uh, is no slouch either. I mean, you put Bateman in that slot, have Sammy doing his thing. Now, all of a sudden you can have uh, options all over the field and Andrews, but if you have tackle uh, play, which isn't the strong point of your team and the quick passing game, like I, like I was talking about just a minute ago with the RPO game, all that kind of stuff um, will really help. And I think that it's worth mentioning the respect that Lamar Jackson's getting for his deep ball. You are seeing some deep shells on tape in the All-22. I mean, these guys are barely in the screen. They have to pan out so far because they're not going to let Hollywood. They're trying not to let Hollywood beat them. You have DuVernay screaming down the scene. So it's like we have all these deep options. We're seeing deep. uh, The defenses are playing us deep. And having that short passing game to keep us honest, if we can't get our four-yard run on first down or second down with second and 10, we could usually just run it for five, six yards. That's not an option. How about how about uh, hitting Rashad Bateman or Sammy Watkins uh, on something over the middle real quick and uh, see if they can make a guy miss? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we've talked about Lamar's success downfield this year. has been much higher. He's hitting these outside throws at a much higher rate, and he's, he's doing just as well as he always has in the middle of the field and in the short yard scenarios. And, I mean, they're really, like you said, Jason, they're not trying to get beat by the big play. You know, something the Ravens can learn about, <laughs> right? Like they don't want, uh, you know, Hollywood to just steam past them, even though he's been finding a way to do it regardless. But I think that is a huge thing that they are not really almost taking advantage of in the pass game. It does seem like almost every time that they try to pass the ball, 
it's these long developing plays and they need to give Lamar the time. And when they give him the time, I mean, he's, he's delivering, but I think they're really missing out on those quicker options. And um, I know our offensive line isn't the best at maybe doing screen plays uh, for the same reason that you were talking, like they're not the greatest to get to level two anyways, from the tackle perspective. So I'm thinking like, that's not the answer, but getting it out in a, a slant is kind of similar. I mean, you're not obviously setting up the downfield blocks, but you're getting the quick yardage that you're looking for. Yeah. And another thing I want to add real quick on this is imagine, you know, you have an offense where you spread the team, the spread the teams out and you have Hollywood and Andrews on one side, and then you have Bateman and Watkins on the other. Well, how many teams have the personnel to cover all four of them? There is going to be a weak spot and you find that weak spot and you find a route for them. That's not like you said, Alec, very long developing and you just pepper them. You just pepper the heck out of them. I mean, you know, you can go two ways with this. You can use Boyle and Ricard and Andrews and really wear them out, or you can spread teams out. And I think that that's something that should give Ravens fans a lot of hope for the uh, end of the season, because right now, uh, even with our poor running back play, uh, which is getting less fewer yards than expected. I mean, really, our guys aren't breaking any kind of tackles. We can still match up personnel-wise with another team's weakness. They're, they're, if they're bad against the run... We can bring in Ricard, Boyle, and just bash them, blow them off the ball. They're weak against the pass, or maybe they're pretty good against the pass, but they have a weak third cornerback, or their number two cornerback can't keep up with Sammy. Well, hey, we have the personnel all of a sudden where we can beat you in a bunch of different ways. I think that's a really good point, Jason. We're literally trying to do what the Steelers did to us in that game where they brought out the four wide receiver package, and they just knew that our last corner was a huge liability. And they just, like you said, peppered them. I yep. think that's a that's a really good parallel for the Ravens to look at. You know, Ravens fans, we all remember that game, right? Um, <laughs> Very well, yeah. <laughs> it's like what we're asking is basically to try to do that to teams because we now have the personnel to do it, similar to how the Steelers had it last year. And um, I would think they're at a much higher level. I mean, we're talking about our fourth wide receiver either being uh, Bateman, who's been doing really well as a rookie, or uh, I guess you could call Mark Andrews. I mean, I guess maybe Sammy Watkins, right? But, like, you know, you're just – you say those names and you're just like that fourth corner has no chance. They must be scared all week (laughs) in film prep. (laughs) And like, are the Ravens doing enough to exploit that? Hopefully that's something they looked at over the bye. Yeah. For as poor as the running back room is this year. I mean, like this is the best wide receiver and tight end room that this franchise has ever had. Um, And yeah, I, I, I think that, going forward, they will, I think they're going to take a look at at the tape of that Cincy game and just, figure out how they got away from that. Um, you know, we mentioned it on the pod last week, Bateman was wide open on, on all those, uh, targets he had, uh, cause the Cincinnati defense were doing the same thing that they did last year, just trying to take away Mark Andrews and, and Hollywood Brown. And that left him open. And, you know, we didn't see much of Duvernay or Prochet in that game for, you know, like we said, the p- plays are taking too long to develop and, and Lamar didn't have a chance to get the ball, to the open receiver before he was getting pressured, but, and pretty much had no point chance to throw the ball. But yeah, I, I think aside from that game, we've really seen the Ravens uh, pepper targets to, to all these guys throughout the game. And, you know, having the vet Sammy in there when he's healthy has been a great uh, safety outlet for Lamar. Uh, late and close games. We saw that against the Raiders and against the Lions. 
yeah, I, I agree that, you know, with you guys pointing out just how diverse and how much of a threat this unit can be. Uh, I think it's got to give you know, Ravens fans a huge amount of confidence, like you're saying, and and you can't have everything, uh, and you got to adjust your game plan to what are the what is the strength of your team here and today. And for the Ravens, for once in the franchise's history, uh, it's the pass catchers, and so I think that you know the Ravens are going to have to look at what are some different ways we can do this because they, they got a lot of different options of what they can do, and just see what they can. Uh, cook up to keep defenses off balance in the second half of the season. And I think when we talk about hero ball, we're always usually talking about the defense. But if we go to our hero, Lamar Jackson on offense, I think there is something to be said about Lamar always trying to uh, make things happen himself and maybe having a lack of trust. Like we said with the running backs, there's a couple times we've seen on the film where it's a clear give read and he keeps it to for whatever reason, which we never really have seen before. And I think it's probably a lack of trust in the guy that he's giving it to. (laughs) Um, And I think it's a little counterproductive. And I think also maybe creating these short passing plays that we're talking about, they get out of his hands into a playmaker. I mean, not to say Lamar's not a playmaker, (laughs) anything but, but get it out of his hands to somebody else to create, will lower the pressure on him. and, And I think that will actually help him in his development. Yeah, I think that's a good point because... Yeah, like we're saying, with the offensive pocket collapsing and him really having the worst rushing attack to rely on that he's had in his NFL career, yeah, that's, that's going to put some some at least some new pressure on him that he hasn't had to deal with yet at the NFL level. And, you know, maybe that can be attributed to the higher turnover rate that he's had this year. But um, also at the same time, if you're passing the ball more, it's you're going to have more turnovers. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. But... Yeah, I, I agree. You know, finding ways to to compensate for the lack of of ample time he's having in the pocket um, is going to increase his confidence, get those chunk plays, and increase the whole team's confidence, and just continue to extend drives. So there were a couple of things that I wanted to say about Lamar. One is the no huddle, sugar huddle aspect of it. Something I talked a lot about this week, but I think it's worth mentioning again that. You know, when you have someone like Lamar and if he can really get the ball into playmakers hands and not have to um, work as hard physically uh, and just kind of take a little off his plate when it's time for him to scramble and these defenses are tired. Good luck uh, catching Lamar and keeping up with Lamar. I mean, it really takes all 11 guys to concentrate to stop him, because if you have one person jogging, Lamar will find that spot and beat you. So. Uh, no huddle is something that, uh, I, you know, I, I just wanted to quickly mention. And then the other thing is with these, I do, I do not mind if we want to run something like four vertical routes and let Lamar be his own running game. I mean, you have to cover, you have to respect that, especially if you put, uh, you know, a Duvernay on the field, who's just screaming up the seams. Um, Lamar can scramble and get his own yards. It doesn't really matter if you have a breakdown on a tackle, you just push him around the edge and there's a, clear scene for Lamar. Then the third thing I wanted to comment on just to give you guys a lot to think about is moving the pocket right for Lamar. And I think that this is where Nick Boyle comes in handy because if you guys notice the, the left defensive ends on teams. So the guy who, the guy who's lining up on Lamar's right, they are not going anywhere. They are not fooled by play action. They're not fooled by anything. They are basically waiting for Lamar to roll, right? They do not want him to roll, right? 
Well, when you have a man like Nick Boyle that you can stick next to right tackle, um, all bets are off because we've seen him be able to manhandle some very big dudes in this league, like Jadavian Clowney and, and, and TJ Watt and all those guys on that side. So I would love to see us come up with a way. I'm not a schematics expert, but I think Nick Boyle will help in this to be able to have Lamar roll right. And you know what? If things aren't open, you're, gonna, you're still probably going to get a three, four yard gain there and, and help keep, keep the offense on schedule. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with that. I really like that idea. I think that, that it's something we could definitely see them do. And, and, you know, if you know something that the defense is going to give you, that already gives you an advantage. You know that it's going to be there, and you know that you have the players to attack it. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see them doing that and that leading to a lot of big things for the offense. Yeah, I love what you brought up, Jason, about how, um, you know, Lamar is – He's a playmaker. He's a guy who can make everything happen, but he doesn't have to make everything happen all the time. Uh, really save him for the end of games when defenses are tired. I love that aspect of it. Yeah, I think the Ravens are definitely going to have to figure out you know, more ways again, kind of going back to what we just talked about with the wide receivers. That is the strength of this offense for the first time in forever. And so they really need to lean in on that and just you know spread it around, spread the ball around, get these other guys involved and uh, save Lamar for when we need him most. Speaking of saving guys, I think another area we also need to talk about a little bit, and this kind of ties into what we started out with, um, with the guy like uh, Derek Wolf coming back, I think defensive line rotation is going to be absolutely huge moving forward, uh, especially for uh, guys like Calais Campbell, Justin Matabuke. You know, Calais in particular is having, you know, probably one of the strongest seasons he's had in his career, uh, in my opinion, with the Ravens. And, you know, he's up there in age, but having him last all 17 games into the playoffs I think is absolutely critical for the Ravens uh, this year I mean when we talked about getting healthy and stay healthy you have to keep your you know highest most productive guys healthy and Calais Campbell right now in my opinion is probably like a top three top five uh, player on this team yeah he's he's our he's our MVP you know if you take Lamar out of the conversation obviously Lamar does you know he's in the actual MVP conversation but Calais, it's hard to find a player that's playing better than him. And, uh, you know, just to expand on that, Chris, I, I'd like to, you know, though I brought it up earlier, Marlon, Marlon Humphrey falls in that same category for me. So um, being able to rotate defensively, I think, will be key. And uh, if we can keep the offense churning, you know, there are not a lot of easy games out there. So we really, down the stretch, is brutal. We're really going to need everybody to be healthy. And uh, we need to find a way to get Calais off the field a little bit more because uh, without him, uh, we have some major problems on defense. I think that comes down to them figuring out what they're going to do as far as the linebacker situation. I think right now it's kind of ridiculous that they're activating five inside linebackers every game. And uh, it's letting them have as much defensive line rotation as they had in the past or as much corner depth as they've, they've carried in the past. And I think the issue will be forced when Wolf comes back, Westry comes back. You know, these are players that you want to find active and you're not going to be able to um, use all five inside linebackers. So like if we're talking about a roadmap, you need to start figuring that out now. You know, you don't want to get to like Westry call up week and you're like, oh crap, uh, no one can play special teams now because uh, Welsh is doing it all, which is obviously not going to be the case. But I mean, it might not be a bad idea to start figuring that out sooner rather than later. It's not like we don't have other guys they could activate. Like, uh, I would like to see maybe some Washington. You know, he's not been active almost all season. 
which Washington am I talking about? Broderick or, uh, or Darius? Or, you decide. <laughs> like, you know, both of them haven't been seeing the, the field enough. <laughs> no, man. Hey, I'm going with Broderick, Alec. I'm going with Broderick. Uh, Broderick for a thousand. Um, no, easy, easy other guy, Alec. That's so funny. I'll take Broderick for a thousand, Alec. Um, yeah. Um, Sorry about that. I crack myself up sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, he's the only other guy that can really play five tech defensive end. So, you know, Matabike doesn't have the length for that or strength for that. Uh, Matabike is a defensive tackle for lack of a better word. Broderick has the length, has the strength to be able to play Calais's spot, but for some reason he's not active and we're activating five linebackers, which unfortunately, um, you know, I just wanted to say with the, the Malik Harrison shooting, that's not going to be possible. It looks like for at least a couple of weeks or however long Malik's going to take to recover. So just wanted to send prayers out to Malik and uh, you know, you don't want, you don't want the, you know, we're talking, it's a light show, but man, that what a serious situation and a mental hurdle for him to come back uh, to come back from, even if uh, he's okay physically. I mean, that's got to shake up him, his family and, and everybody else. So um, big prayers to Malik, but as far as the rotation goes, um, also wanted to throw in that, not only Broderick Washington, but I would like to see more dime defense uh, played and more nickel, big nickel defense, which includes three safeties instead of three corners. And the reason for that is if tackling's an issue, let's get some more big speed on the field. And I mean, Brandon Stevens with Chuck Clark, with Deshaun Elliott, let's get some guys who can tackle, who can rally and tackle. Because when I look at this Pittsburgh game coming up, these Pittsburgh game coming up and some other short passing teams like the Vikings that we'll see this week, you really have to rally and tackle against these teams. And um, so with Wolf coming back, I expect the defensive line play to improve, to kind of uh, shrink the holes in the running game. So let's have some guys who can rally and tackle. I, I like the, I like the idea of taking a linebacker off the field in favor of uh, say a Brandon Stevens, for example. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, I know uh, the last couple episodes we've been noticing that Brandon Stevens has been a pretty solid contributor overall. Um, always seems to be in the right spot. You know, yeah, making some solid tackles. I love that idea. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? Like last year, we didn't really have that safety we could play in those positions, so they had board coming onto the field. Now we have like a plethora of them, and they're like, hey, board, <laughs> come onto the field. <laughs> and you're just like, huh? <laughs> I thought we were trying to do that since last year. And now. <laughs> We're still talking about it, so hopefully, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Jason. Yeah, that's uh, that's that was funny. That was funny. Um, yeah, no, we have that. We have the personnel to do that. We definitely do. So, and then you include Jimmy in there too. So you have a healthy Jimmy, and I understand that they want to keep him healthy. I like the way they've been managing Jimmy, but Jimmy is the guy that uh, I trust almost the most on the back end of this defense. I mean, Chuck Clark is a strong safety. Deshaun Elliott does a lot of work on the back end, but man, you, if you have Jimmy in the back end and you have Deshaun Elliott and Chuck Clark closer to the line of scrimmage, to me, that solves a lot of tackling and covering backs out of the backfield issues. Yeah, for sure. I mean, gosh, even as recently as last year, um, Jimmy Smith was just incredibly important to the Ravens secondary down the stretch, maybe the best cover defender in the playoffs last year. It's incredible how, you know, even with all the injuries, he's still been able to to continue to play at a high level and even on a reduced role on this team, still going out there and doing his thing and being a good team guy. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, about Jimmy Smith's place in this defense. 
So, Crew, I, I, you know, I wanted to ask you guys while I'm here, what are your basic expectations for this team going forward? And I'm not talking about, hey, we, you know, will we win the Super Bowl? How many playoff <laughs> games will we win? What's our final record? I'm not talking about all of that. I'm talking about just from a general point, from us to play, for us to play our best. What do you expect to happen? What do you want to see happen? Just any kind of uh, general thoughts on how, how this end of the season is going to play out. Yeah, I can go first. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what the Ravens are going to do post by what we're going to see, what new reef, uh, wrinkles we're going to see in the offensive and defensive scheme from them. Because um, I, they're one of the best teams, uh, you know, identifying personnel changes and scheme sh- shifts after that bye week. And that's reflected in Harbaugh's record. I forget the exact, but uh, he has a pretty strong record post by. I think the Ravens are going to continue to to have Lamar spread the ball around, like we said, whether, you know, it's through the short passing game or continuing to, to try and get more of a deep passing game or somewhere in the middle. I think they have a lot more confidence in him as a passer, uh, at how he's evolved since he's come here in Baltimore. And I think it's finally time that the Ravens incorporate that because I mean, (laughs) let's face it, uh, the passing offense is what has held them back in the playoffs these past couple years. And then defensively, I think we said it multiple times this episode, just just taking some things back to basics, making it simpler, uh, getting guys back into positions where they can have success. As I've been saying, from what I can remember, even years where the Ravens' defense started out extremely porous, uh, 2015 comes to mind. Even that year, they finished as a top, top half in the league in total defense. So I'm expecting the defense to be stronger uh, down the run than they have been uh, – these first seven games yeah I think so too um, I think for me I, I think the the buy couldn't have come at a better time and I think the games that we have immediately after the buy I think are a great opportunity for the Ravens to uh, work on some things and, and just get better I mean the Vikings in Chicago I mean they have good teams and they you know we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about them in the upcoming uh, preview episodes but uh, relatively speaking I'm in the middle of the pack so um, I think there are opponents that the Ravens can can take away victories from and kind of build on that lead in the AFC North, especially considering, you know, some of the stuff that's happened in the most recent weeks. I mean, the Browns aren't themselves. I think the Bengals kind of came back down to earth with that loss to the Jets and the Steelers while they're still sticking around. So I think it's critical, I think, for the Ravens to be able to build on, improve everything we talked about over these next couple of games uh, get a couple game lead on the rest of the division before we start to hit the rest of the division games. And at that point, they've really got to have everything nailed down because they have some really good opponents, even outside the division games. Yeah, it's interesting to me, man. I, I just kind of realized with the Vikings and Bears, they've never seen Lamar, you know, in the flesh. So that'll be an interesting matchup. A lot of these teams have actually had to deal with them once. Yeah, I know the announcer called Justin Fields Houdini the other time, but I don't know. He didn't look as fast as Lamar to me. So. <laughs> He's pretty good, though. Yeah, Nag is out of the building, and look what happens. It's incredible. Um. Yeah, Houdini's being watered down now. This is this is awful. <laughs> Alec, you know, Alec, I wanted to ask you. I'll put it to you like this, Alec. Yeah. So if where would you like to see the most fundamental change in this team down the stretch? So if I told you that, Look, we're, you know, all the rotations and the game planning are going to be the same, except for one thing. What would be the one thing that you think needs to change, improve? What would it be to, for this team to fulfill ex- your expectations? If I could only choose one thing, I would lean into what's working this year and I get the short passing game going. 
I would I would just go four wide. <laughs> you know, like or I I would uh I'd get away from heavy is what I would do. If I could only choose one thing. I don't think we have to, <laughs> but if I could only choose one thing it'd be not to uh not to be something we aren't this year. I think actually one of the interesting thing I was thinking about during this discussion is I think this is the one year um, we can see on the immediate horizon that we probably have the most talent we'll ever have in wide receivers because I don't expect Sammy Watkins to come back next year. I mean, maybe he will, but I think you're going to go down a guy there. And at that point you need to figure out, you know, other people have to elevate their game, so to speak. I, I would be somewhat surprised if we add another key piece like we've been doing the last few years to this passing attack. So I think this is peak passing attack almost, and we should uh, lean into it, particularly when we're at like bottom dweller. Never will see this again. I, I can almost say with confidence, we will never see a rushing or a, a running back room as bad as the one we have right now in Ravens history. Cause the likelihood of losing three running backs in 12 days is very small. <laughs> like we basically won the lottery in reverse. So I, uh, I have a lot of confidence. that We'll never see it that bad again. So I would lean into the wide receivers we have. I love it. Anybody else have any thoughts? One thing that you, you know, you could change or you want to see change from the first half to the second half. More trust on defense. Just, yeah, not playing as much hero ball and getting better at defense, playing more uh, with fundamentals, tackling. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be huge. I mean, like we said earlier, it's just the defense right now is on a historically bad pace, a very uncharacteristic of the Ravens. I think that needs to turn around. For me, I would say finding one or two guys at running back and just sticking with them. I think part, I think it really can't help the run game that's already struggling to just continue this uh, merry-go-round of of guys getting three to four carries a game and having different guys active and inactive. I just think at some point they're going to have to figure out, okay, who are the two best guys for this and uh, just roll with it with whatever results that's going to get them. Peter, thanks so much for saying that. I meant to bring that up today because we complained about that last year with uh, Mark Ingram, like kind of messing up with the rhythm. Uh, You know, we love Mark, but it was just like we realized when there was only two running the ball, whatever two it was, was the best situation. And I think you're right. It's really hard for these running backs to get in any kind of groove when they're getting six carries a game tops. And I don't think any of them are really used to that. Even in their limited roles on other teams, they were getting a little bit more than that, or at least more snaps. So 100% with you, Peter. Great observation there. Yeah, and I think that's a great point to bring out that, you know, second half of the season, Ravens running game saw an improvement when they uh, finally committed to it was going to be JK and Gus. Um, I think barring some really unexpected resurgence um, from the careers of some of these guys or total breakouts by McCrary and Williams, we're not going to see the run game go to those heights. But yeah, I mean, it'll just help, like we're talking about, offensive consistency, continuity to just say like, okay, we know that these are the guys that we're going to be counting on week in and week out. And, you know, just so the team just knows who they are, what they got. And it's going to be, I, I could see that being huge for for the team just to have that consistency there. See, and this is, this is what I, what makes me really optimistic because I've been asking people this question during the bye week getting a lot of feedback and you know, the way it sounds, you would think that we were three and four or four and three. We're not, we're five and two. And just imagine, you know, like Alec was talking about leaning on your playmakers in the past game, which is a strength of ours. 
And Chris was talking about cleaning up some things on defense. Peter's talking about getting a rotation that allows these running backs to get into rhythm. All of those are great ideas. Now, it doesn't, you know, not everything is going to work out. We're going to have some more players go down to injury. To expect all three of those things to happen, plus the other ideas that I've had that I think are really good to happen, is unrealistic. It's not. But you have a five and two team that's still kind of feeling itself out here with its new identity and has gotten a head start, which I think was a great point by Peter earlier that we've had to make these adjustments on the fly. Uh, Would you say Alec in 12 days, was it three injuries yeah. in 12? Yeah. Yes. It's- so we've, we've, we've gone into a season with this kind of unprecedented uh, challenges and still come out five and two and still have many adjustments. So I guess, in my rambling, what I'm saying is even if a couple of those things happen, the Ravens are going to be as dangerous as anybody come playoff time if we just stay lucky, stay healthy, and can pull out a couple of close games. I think on that note, Jason, thanks so much for joining us this week and talking about the bye and kind of figuring out this game plan going forward. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. It's taking some time off this week a little bit and trying to reset for the second half. And, man, I always have a good time with you guys. And uh, I'll, I'll try to come up with better jokes next time, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love the Jeopardy one. That was, uh, that was uh, quite a good one. Yeah, well, appreciate you, man. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again sometime soon. Next episode is uh, all about the Vikings, who I've been uh, trashing on. Jason can attest. I've been always saying that they're not that good. And now that I've looked into them, they're, they're, they're pretty decent. Their defense yeah, is actually know. really good. I was, you know, I was, I was trying to tell you they were the best, what, two and three team in history or something a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyhow, uh, you can always check out that show, by the way, uh, usually on Thursday nights, it comes out, or Friday mornings, uh, you can see our bets, and we've been doing pretty well, Jason and I, so check it out on his Huddle It Up Films channel on YouTube, but yeah, next up, we got the Vikings preview show with a brand new guest, because obviously we've never done the Vikings before, Allison will be joining the show, discuss her team, and uh, we're looking forward to it, uh, they'll, uh, <laughs> she can inform me about all the ways that they're actually better than I've been saying all along and i definitely think it's a huge bounce back opportunity for the ravens this is a really uh formidable opponent and they'll be able to make a statement one way or the other <laughs>